Hello, my name is Christine Murray, Editor-in-Chief of The Developer, and welcome to The Developer Podcast, where we talk about how to design and develop cities worth living in, which often has to do with the spaces between the buildings, as much as the buildings themselves. On the site of a former Ford plant at Dagenham, this bleak landscape of wide roads, warehouses and factories is a major new £1 billion development by Countryside and LNQ. Beam Park will feature 3,000 new homes on a 720-acre site beside the River Beam in East London. It's getting a new train station that'll take you into the city in 20 minutes. We speak to Robert Wilkinson of Countryside Properties and Yvonne Clark from LNQ about this amazing transformation. So in front of us, we have the, the, the model for the, the master plan area of, of Beam Park. Uh, what you can see in front of me is the, the detailed element that we're actually starting building uh, at the moment. Uh, and uh, that's on the Havering side and on the, the Barking and Dagenham side, you see the, the remainder of the scheme in, in outline. So we're currently studying the marketing suite, which is, which is here just in the middle of the, of the site. So uh, alongside the, the river beam and the uh, to be created landscaped area uh, in the middle of the, of the park. And as we go throughout this scheme, 44% uh, of, the, of the land area will actually be green. So um, whilst there's a, a good use of the site in terms of uh, building new homes and new facilities for, for, for people, we've managed to maintain a really green, green area as we, as we go through the, through the scheme. And it wasn't a green area before, it's safe to say. Can you talk about the history of this place? Yeah, so, so Beam Park and, and all along the railway line here uh, is where uh, Ford's manufacturing uh, has taken place over a, a number of years. So, so Henry Ford came along the, the railway line and decided he was going to set up shop uh, in, in, in Dagenham. Uh, and the, the Beam Park site is where uh, the manufacturing site used to be. Uh, the, 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 whilst Ford are still in the area, uh, they've, they've decanted from a number of their, of their sites and they've subsequently come up uh, on, on the market. Uh, and it's not only us that's developing on, on former Ford sites. Uh, there is a, as a site adjacent to where we are, uh, where there'll be um, an additional 2,000 homes. So the whole area is going to be, be re regenerated. So the, the site's been vacant for, for more than a decade uh, in the run-up to the 2012 Olympics, it was used as the as the uh, training area for the opening and closing ceremonies. So if you if you look at the at a Google map, you can still see the markings on the ground as to where people have been 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 trained. Um, but it's been a derelict site for a for a number of years. Uh, it's been been unloved. Uh, it's been used as a salt store uh, for the for, for the gritting of the of the roads. Um, and it has been widely used for fly tipping as well over the years. So it's been it's been, been unsightly for a, a number of years and uh, long overdue for something special to happen on it. So what does that mean when you find it? Does that mean that it's quite poor condition of soil? Did you have to do some remediation? So the the, the entire site is um, is tarmacked over. Uh, so so uh, in, in terms of the uh, remediation, yes, there is remediation to, to do. So in order to, to prepare the, the site for development, um, the, the initial part of it is that we have to do something called surcharging. Now, uh, that is to accelerate the, um, uh, the settlement of the ground. So, so the, the, the ground conditions are peat here, which contains a lot of water. 
and the process of surcharging is to effectively squeeze the water out of the of the peat, uh, which will allow give us a stable base on which we can we can build. So that's that's the first stage that we have to do, and we will have to do that throughout the site. It's between a nine and twelve month process as as we as we go through that. So a lot of forward thinking and planning needs to to go into into this as we go through the through the project. Uh, yes, there are hot spots of contamination that we've we've had to had to deal with, um, but the majority of, of dealing with um, the contamination is to is to um, is to cap the the, the site so that um, uh, the, the contamination is not going to uh, affect uh, anybody, and there'll be in the soft areas there'll be there'll be the, the correct amounts of um, of soil put on there, so it's not going to uh, the contamination is going to be capped and under the ground and, and not going to impact uh, anybody. Mm. And some some places put the parks in those areas. Is, is that been your approach, or is it actually your, you don't need to do that because it's going to be capped sufficiently? So in, in in the in the park areas, there's 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 excavation. Uh, the reason for that is that the park area in the centre is is going to be uh, as part of the the flood mitigation strategy, and that's where uh, in the in flood conditions the, the water will be stored. But the vast majority of the time, that will be that will be used for for local amenity. We've been reading about. If suds um, or sustainable drainage being so important now, is that is that kind of different to how it was? Are people more aware of it? I mean, there's been news headlines saying that planning applications have been turned down because they're not seen as as flood resilient enough. Do you think there's a uh, the bar has been set higher in terms of? Of flood so preparedness. I, I think it's just the natural thing. We, you know, what we we need to do to make this 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 place uh, successful is that we we need to make it attractive to, for people to to live. So we can explain the flood strategy. You will see throughout the scheme there are there are swales. Uh, so there's 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 visible uh, flood mitigation going on, as well as the hidden mitigation under the under the ground that that, that we have. Um, in the past, that it's been, it has been uh, not not with us, but it has been fairly common to uh, to allow uh, areas to to flood. You know, whether it's car parking areas, um, that's not something we would do. I don't see why anybody should uh, have to accept that that that's the condition where they where they live. So uh, the scheme's been designed to actually that um, when there are these these. Um, one in 100, one in 150 year events that it's not going to impact the way that they live. So I think um, it would be quite good to hear about the idea uh, behind making this uh, a livable um, piece of city, because I know the green space is quite, quite significant here in terms of the park amenity. Um, but in terms of making this kind of a, a community, what's been the focus? Okay, so. I think the things to concentrate on, as you can see. So, what will be what will be coming in the in the early stages? There's the the new uh, Bean Park railway station that's that will be built. So we we're expecting that's going to be up and running in in early 2022. Um, that will be very exciting, as that that creates a fantastic new facility, not only for the people that that will be moving into this this new area, but to also to the the existing residents uh, on the other side of of New Road. What we'll also be, be doing is sort of on the, the Marsh Way flyover, uh, we'll be building a, a lift down from there. So uh, the people who are working on the, the, the Seagrow uh, estate um, will be able to come down there and they'll have a quicker access to the station. So it's building, it's building new, new link, uh, links to um, the surrounding area. So the Beam Park Station is really, really important. 
we'll be um, as part of phase one, uh, we'll be building the landscape station squares. So in the centre of that is a lovely landscaped area. People sit in the shade or in the sunshine, um, surrounded by cafes, local amenity stores, the sort of things that you would expect around a, a, a local railway station. So a, a great community focus around, around the new railway station. What's also important is that the, um, we'll be bringing forward two new primary schools on the scheme as well. So one uh, will be coming uh, early in, in Havering, a three-form entry primary school in Havering. Schools are fantastic for building communities. Um, so that's a real key part of this, the selling point that we've, that we've got here to make this an attractive place to live. Again, not only just benefiting the people um, who are moving in, but benefiting the local communities. Um, and also in later phases as, as well, we've got another uh, three-form entry primary school on the Barking and Dagenham side of the, of the site. So two new schools which will create a, a real buzz when they're, when, when they're open. That'll be a real, a real focal point. But you can see that the green, the green areas there, there'll be a cycle track running all the way along the, along the railway line. So, when, so that will take us from, from Havering, from the, the new Bean Park station take us all along the boundary of the site over into the adjoining site over to the Dagenham dock station so we're really, really looking at making sure everything's uh, linked up along, along, along here. Uh, I mentioned the flyover earlier now you, you'll see when we go out onto, onto site now a lot of people may regard that as a constraint on the development but when you're there it's, it's probably about um, eight meters tall about eight meters tall, um, and what we'll be creating under there is that we've, we, it will be a, a games area. So there's a, there's a five-a-side football pitch, basketball, netball, uh, netball pitch, table tennis tables. There'll be lighting sort of up by the pillars there and sort of down from there. So it's something that could be a constraint. It will be fantastic under there. And again, a real focal point in the heart of where of the the, the, the new phase one. So. These things, the school, the, the station, the, the games area, the landscape square, all these are things that are coming in right at the beginning of the, of the project to really tr bring the community uh, forward. You know, lots of, lots of uh, spaces and areas where uh, people get together. In terms of the mix, you've got, is it um, the mix of affordable and uh, market sale and then also the mix of homes to flats? What have you gone for as a... So the... Um, so the affordable private percentage is 50% affordable. So that, that is one of three schemes in London, over 3,000 homes with 50% affordable. So that's something to be really proud of. So we're absolutely uh, delighted with, uh, with that. Uh, homes, uh, houses to apartments, it's about 20% houses, 80% apartments. Um, that, that balance is, is, is about right. We've just started uh, selling uh, the the demand uh, for the houses has been has been uh, really positive. A lot of local people have bought that. So, of the 55 people who've purchased so far, 80% um, are from the the immediate locality. So, re really positive lo uh, you know, lo local reaction to it. Uh, so, we're expecting the lo local people, uh, particularly, to be be picking the houses. The, the apartments will be a bit more varied with, with locals, but people coming from uh, further into London to find somewhere a little bit more affordable to, to live. But we also think people coming out from, from, from Essex as well will be moving here. So it will be bringing people in from, from both directions. You've got this really good connectivity with the station. You've got your cycle path, but I also see some 
some car parking too. Are you are you sure how car based or not car based it's going to be? Is it difficult to predict car usage? Um, so, so car usage is always um, a, a point of hot debate when you're going through um, the, the master planning for these processes. So what we've ensured that each of the houses has at least one parking space, because um, that would be where the family is living, and it's more likely that the, the, car, the car usage is going to be higher. Uh, the the um, ratio for, for parking spaces for apartments is 0.3, I think. So about one, one, one apartment out of three will have a, have a parking space. Uh, we've not had resistance to, to that. I think the, the local um, transport infrastructure is, is pretty good around here with the, 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 the new railway station that we'll be building. Uh, railway station in Raynham, railway station in Dagenham Dock, Dagenham Heathway on the underground bus service running along the, the A1306. There are, there are plenty of, of transport options for people that are around here. Um, so we, we, we feel that's about right. Um, and it's, it's not been putting people off the, the, um, the development at all. So we're, we're pleased with how that's, that's, that's gone. That's one of those things that you never truly know until you actually start getting people in who are interested in, in buying and, uh, and, and living here. But that's been very positively received so far. And, and worth questioning, given it's an ex-Ford site, the direction of car usage being an important trend. Absolutely. <laughs> Another interesting thing that's potentially happening is that you, you see along the, the uh, A1306, there's a, there's a linear park area that we've, that we've created. One of the things that the local borough uh, are looking at doing is, is losing the, the southern carriageway on the A1306. And if that does happen, the, the linear park will be extended wider and further along the, the site all the way into, into Barking and Dagenham as well. So why do they want to do that? Uh, the A13 is the route which uh, the car usage should have. Um, it will uh, avoid this becoming more of a, a, a rat run. So I think that that's the driving factor. In terms of the amenity, and what's really important in terms of making sure that these communities are, are, are all the things that we need to do to, to, to link the new people moving into the existing community is, is trying to, how can we bridge the gap here? So there's quite a barrier with the A13306. Because so, of its width. Because of its width. It's four, it's four lanes with the central reservation. You know, it's, 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 it's something that we, we, you know, we look to address. So as far as we can tr control at the moment, we're making sure that the links between our site north and south, we can get you know, people moving from both, both sides to it. Um, you can see that with the pathways and the roads that, that, that we're creating. Um, but anything that, that can be done to actually reduce the extent of that will, will improve that situation further. And will they be in the catchment for the new school too? So presumably you're going to yep. have that flow. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, other things that just bring, bring the, the sort of the, the existing residents and the new residents together. So always good for you to introduce yourself. Good. Yes. I'm Yvonne Clark from LNQ. I'm the head of joint venture development and regeneration for the East region. So we cover the East London area of um, London. And um, I've been working on the Bean Park project for about nearly two years now, almost two years. Um, when I started, there was already a planning application 
that had actually been submitted, uh, but then we needed to change various things, which included changing the amount of affordable because it was originally done under the old GLA regime um, because the bid was put out with the requirement for 35% affordable housing when Boris was the mayor. And then when Sadiq Khan came in, he wanted to see, especially GLA on land, which this is, um, as 50% affordable. So we we had to redo basically the application to ensure that it did actually deliver 50% affordable housing. And we had to go through various negotiations to, and we've, we've achieved that. So um, we're very proud of that fact. And so obviously it was something that LNQ supported, but I also know that our partners, Countryside, supported that same, um, same aim as well to deliver 50% affordable. Um, at the same time as... Um, Going through the planning application, um, it was actually refused by Havering initially, and but Barking and Dagenham actually approved it. So that was for the outline, and a high, it was a hybrid application for the outline for the whole 3,000 units and a detail for phase one. And so as, when it got called in by the mayor, what we did was um, actually re-looked at the density and improved the density for phase one and so phase one now delivers 640 units and over 50% actually is as affordable on this particular on phase one simply because of blocks and just making sure it all fits with respect to tenures. Um, so what was Havering's um, uh, objection and likewise um, Barking and Dagenham's support? It's quite an interesting split in their yeah. approach? Well, Havering, it was more about heights and density. They thought some of the blocks were too high. They wanted initially to see things at around the eight storey level because um, there's a frame, they've, there's a, a beam park framework for the area, and generally that was at around eight, uh, eight storeys. But the site can obviously deliver more than that, and bearing in mind you're delivering two new schools. Um, there's also a new medical centre on phase one as well. And it's all these extra all these extra infrastructure. You do actually need residents to come and use all those as well as exist, um, surrounding residents. So the site can actually take, well, phase one could take more. And you've also got the station there. So it's good to increase the density around the station. So that's what we did. Um, we and they're not particular, they're not excessively no, no, high. No, not excessive at all. For, in the context of towers, they're no, 16 no. storey is yes, the highest that's one. That's right, yes. And in terms of density, it's not, it's not extraordinary nope, density nope, either. Nope. But it is extraordinary in terms of affordable. 50%. So, yes. So mm -hmm. I think is that... Um, was that kind of the ambition? I mean, I would think in the in the GLA to support it because you've got this fifty percent affordable, and actually they like density. So, that, I mean, obviously the mayor's got uh, ambitions to create lots of new homes in the area and to bring things forward, and affordable housing is a key part of that. So, yes, increasing the density helps to actually meet those um, targets. So if it, it was a win-win, really, as far as countryside, L&Q and the GLA were concerned uh, in increasing the density. And what's happened since in terms of Havering? Have they, uh, is, has there been continued to be a kind of local spirit of opposition? or Because the sales have been going quite well. Is there a sense that perhaps they're accepting an appetite? Oh, generally, on, uh, we, we, we do work well with Havering. And um, so 
we are we've just we're just about to submit or the phase two RMA with and phase two actually splits over two boroughs splits over the two boroughs so you've got phase 2a which is in Havering and phase 2b which is in Barking and Dagenham and because the mayor called it in then the RMA for phase two under the outline actually goes to the GLA to be heard and not to Havering so um, that's been submitted and so we are delivering exactly what we said we were going to do as part of the outline in phase 2a. Phase 2b, which is embarking in Dagenham's side, we're looking to increase density there and as part of increasing the density we will be submitting a section 73 which increases the density over in 2b. And then once that's submitted, we will then follow that up with a R. And then because we've done the section 73, that sort of then takes the outline away from the GLA again on a technicality, on a technicality and then it becomes part of the borough's remit to um, discharge. So the RMA will be done by Barkin and Dagenham. So, uh, so simple. <laughs> so simple, yes. <laughs> um, were but, there other challenges in terms of planning? Um, I think, <laughs> not that that didn't sound challenging enough. <laughs> I think when you um, get back onto Ron, I think, Rob, um, I think the challenges on this is that there are so many constraints on this side with respect to the flyovers, the gas pipe and the gas reducing station and then all the suds and suds mitigation. If you looked at, if you saw a plan of all the constraints, you would actually realise there's not that much you could build on. <laughs> <laughs> or it's not as much as you think. You can't just build on the whole side. It just it's just not possible. So there are those um, issues, and obviously there's also issues about making sure you get all the infrastructure in um, here. Another there's a multi faith centre, and that was a key driver for Barking and Dagenham. Actually, they were quite keen to see that. And um, but as part of the phase two development and working closely with uh, both boroughs because in delivering the park we've worked very closely with Havering and Bargain and Dagenham and we've gone through the um, um, quality review panel process as well. We've, it doesn't look like this anymore, it's changed slightly because we've moved the this multi-faith centre back so that the park just continues all the way up so it's not, and then these houses have been converted into um, flats so that it, it then follows a theme along here because that's going to be a uh, that's flat that becomes that's the um, marketing suite mm -hmm. but then obviously that comes into the park later on so the park area has sort of grown a little bit since we put in the outline and you've got the um thames avenue splitting yes. your park is yes. there a challenge bridging that as well or less so is it it's it's obviously one of the major constraints but again um we can put barriers along the side up up the side of the road area and green it so that it doesn't look too bad and i mean it's all part of the park anyway just like we're going to be doing screening around the gas reduction um area we can also do the same along the thames area thames avenue and at the bottom of thames avenue like we've done some treatments over on that under uh, flyover because that forms 
the pedestrian and cycle pathway at the bottom, we're also looking to see what we can do to make sure that's a nice attractive area to walk underneath because that's one of the main um, east-west routes for pedestrians and cyclists within the scheme itself. But yeah, it's, it's certainly um, it's one of the many constraints. The, we don't actually, we, um, the GLA owns some of this, but then the rest of it's actually owned by, there's, it, we don't have ownership, so there's very little we can do on changing most of it, but we can do the sides, and that's where we're going to do the mitigation and the screening. I would have thought that when you have a kind of post-industrial, although large-scale piece of land, that it would be an easier planning environment because you're taking something that is kind of Blanks. Yes, you're not you're not <laughs> decanting people. You're not uprooting a community. I mean, it's really somewhat blank. But it sounds like it, it throws up other challenges yes. as well. Yes, I mean, just trying to make everything fit and and um, with the gas pipe, with the high pressure gas, you can't actually build. Was it within eight meters of the area? So you've got to make sure you keep away. We've obviously also got to put inf other infrastructure pipework in, like the um, there's a district heating network that's on phase one that will feed all of it coming up to here. And you've got to get the, make sure the pipework runs from there to all the units over here and not interfere with everything else at the same time. So it's, it is complicated and it is difficult, yes, but I think the countryside team have done well to make sure that it's, it's all working. You also have this um, amazing connectivity, which is a huge asset of the site, but then that connectivity is industrial sized as mm -hmm. opposed to maybe a, a domestic size. Yeah. But it sounds like this is a place in tradition, in transition yes. towards a more, yeah. I don't know, domestic is probably not the right word, but a more kind of um, human scaled yes. place. But you're kind of trying to develop a human scaled place between in industrial mm. sized roads. Mm. And we're hoping once it's actually done and with the screening on that and that and especially with the underpass here if you could actually see the designs we've got for it you'd be quite impressed I think because it does look fantastic yeah. and we're, ex we're hoping to have some form of cafe just on the other side so people can spill out and you know just all chill out with whoever's doing whatever they're doing under the in the games area as well there's going to be seating and lighting so we're hoping that it will actually all work well mm -hmm. in fact we're quite confident it will it, it looks very green I mean, it is very green it's 40 at least 40 percent is green i mean you've got the park you've got the school area which is obviously green and that's that's all their um play playing fields um, the school have actually put in their proposals and they've actually made very good use of the site that they've got as well and they've included um, games area on top of the on the on the roof as well as having the playing field so, so they'll have tremendous they've got they'll have tremendous space. facilities mm -hmm. yes and in addition to that there's obviously the multi-games area and then there's the community center over here and I should also say there's another small community centre on the other side of um, this here too. So there's lots of community facilities. Can you tell me about the swales and how they work? Yeah, so the, the, the swales uh, largely run along the southern boundary in the, in the, the soft landscaped area. Uh, very simple, the water will drain into the, in, into the swale. 
But what, when you've got a, a site which has uh, various constraints that we've, we've talked about earlier, you, you need to come up with imaginative ways of, of coming to the solution. So in the, uh, the, the problem here that we have would be around the, the flood mitigation. A neat solution is to create a swale, but you can actually then create something attractive out of it. So it's, it's dealing with the constraint in a, in, a, in a clever way, really. And that's what we've tried to do throughout the, the scheme. So rather than it being uh, something that's just dealing with a problem, we've now created a really attractive uh, feature in the, in the soft landscaping. And the shape of the landscaping is important, or at least near the river. You mentioned before that it was kind of shaped uh, around this area, around the marketing suite in a particular way. Yeah, so, so, uh, so what we, we've created is the, is, is the flood basin. So, um, uh, you know, there is excavation around, around the river. Uh, so in the, in the uh, event of, uh, uh, of, of potential flooding, that, that area is a, is a huge catchment area with the water uh, draining into, into there. So it will make sure that we, uh, we avoid any, any risk of flooding in the, uh, in the areas which are inhabited. Great, well, I think you're going to take us for a, a walk. So you'll hopefully see and agree uh, that we put a lot of time and effort in making sure that, that the people who work here are, are really well looked after. It's a hard job. A day like this you know, on a construction site is a hard job. But it's equally hard in winter when it's raining and cold and, and horrible as well. So we we've got, we spend a long time trying to make sure that the facilities that they've got. What's the code on the gate, mate? Is it 2019? Well, you've got a planter with little flowers here. We have, we have, we have, we have, we have gone to talk us through. Both male and female, and these are getting used quite a lot now because it's so hot. And is that not your average site? Showers and uh, not quite to the sort of degree. If you, I won't take you in there because people showering. Um, but they're all very <laughs> They're really nice. They've got seats in there, changing areas. It's really nice. Brilliant. You so, could host events here. But well, strange, well, strangely enough, <laughs> strangely enough, there is talk of that at the moment. There is talk of that as part of the thing we're doing for charity. So there will be that sort of. They could come online or something. Yeah. So, but yeah, what we were saying earlier, there's, there'll be up 450, 500 people working here at one time. So you need something of this scale, and this is one of the indications of the scale of what we're doing here. I mean, it's the biggest cafe I've ever ever been in. So, so walk around there. But these are the the the, the, the homes that will be delivered first. So the, the houses just behind the silos. And the, and the apartment blocks along the along the road here. So when we were looking at, if you remember when we were looking at the at the model, and you're seeing the apartment blocks along the road. Well, and there was that linear linear park area along there. You, know, you can get start to get a feel of how wide that linear park area is when you think that the apartments we're, we're roughly there. standing there. Because mm -hmm. this is completed first. No, no, actually, no, 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 actually, the so houses it's, are it's, first. It's here that's completed first. Okay. We, we, we're starting building at the same time, it's just that this is taller. I got it. You've yeah. got up to 16, 17 stories there, yes. And these are existing trees? Uh, no. no, no, they'll be coming in. Yeah. One of the things that Havering talked about was the, 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 the character of the place. And I, I kind of look around and I don't see much contextual, immediate, character no, so, so what actually, did they mean by that so when when we were in the um the planning hearing with a with the gla and they were talking about um 
the, the existing character of it. On the screen in the room was actually an image of where we stood at the moment. Which is underneath the big flyover. So, so what, is, what is it that we're trying to protect here at the moment? So, so that, that was, that, it just so happened that image ha was on the screen when we were talking about that. Um, and it, it kind of summed it up, you know, this is something that, that will be fantastic. You imagine with this enlivened with people playing sports, with uh, uplighters on the columns and lighting coming down and table tennis over there, people coming in from the railway station, going home or, or whatever, in the, stations, in the station square, um, sort of sitting around in the cafes around there. It's just going to be brilliant. What, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want something like that to happen around here. So fortunately, fortunately that's, that's what the GLA ag agreed with. And I am sure that when people see this becoming, where, where there's people living here, uh, people in Havering will love it. What on, uh, we should mention probably that it's like 32 degrees out. And this is actually really lovely under here. It, it is. Perfect for sports, <laughs> isn't it? It absolutely is. So it's, it's really well, it's really well connected here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But bringing that station in is, 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 is really, is really important to make this, uh, you know, just to complete what we're doing on, on phase one. Um, to make so, it a place that you it, can get to. Ab absolutely, easily. and you can get to it well as it is, but you, it, is, it is, much, is much better uh, when you, you'll have the station there. It's much more convenient. It actually brings people into the development, which is what, which is what you, you, you want to enliven, enliven this space. Um, so we, we're working hard with the GLA, Network Rail, C2C, all the bodies trying to bring the, bring the railway station forward. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that, May 22, and, and that will be, the, I think, the crowning glory of that. Where's the so, closest housing off-site, so the existing community? There's some houses just opposite over that side of the road. And would, where would they have to go for the station back? No. Uh, oh, sorry. Exist now. Existing. So they've got Raynham down, down, down there, Dagenham Dock, the other end of the site, and Dagenham Heathway tube, tube station. Uh, and, but this will be... Adding oh, to their great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely great. So yeah. this, this, when this is what we're trying to achieve, we've got to make sure that, that the links, the links, this direction along the railway line uh, work. So with the new developments along here, but to really make to make it somewhere special, we've got to build the links with the existing community to bring them in, um, and that's why we're concentrating on the north-south links as well. So the station uh, is a is a big part to to achieving that. So if you had advice about these kind of post-industrial redevelopments. What, what, would you, what would you say? What would you, <laughs> what, would you um, what advice would you give to someone who is embarking on this? So any, anyone embarking on, on trying to do a development like, like this, bring somewhere like this back to life, I would say, first of all, come to speak to Countryside. Um, but it needs imagination. I mean, it, it, it needs, it needs it needs clever, clever people. It needs people. It needs people who are um, have a connection with the local area to understand what the area needs. We, it's not relevant for this project, but where we were talking about estate regeneration earlier, um, it's that connection with the, the, the local people, making sure you understand what what they need. Uh, that's really important. We spend a long time doing that on our on our other projects. Uh, where we bring people into design, into design workshops, 
so they, they're understanding what we're doing. We'll spend time understanding what, they're, what they like and don't like about where they live at the moment. We will show them around projects that, where, we've, where we've regenerated estates previously. They can speak to, to residents who live there and, and they can hear it from an independent person as to what the process is like. You know, inevitably there's disruption in, the, in these things, but it's, yeah. it's how so it's that, it's Don't how assume it's that because it's a post-industrial space that the community this, this won't will, care this, about this, it? Or... This, will be the, this will be the place to live in East London. This, this will be absolutely fantastic around, around here. Um, so make sure you understand the context in which you're working. And then also, in terms of specifically, you know, something that was industrial, is it just, you know, expect the unexpected under the ground or? We've done a lot of, lot of due diligence on, on, on this. But there will be things that we, we, we don't know about yet. It's bound to be. It's been an industrial site for almost 100 years. So there will be things that will be on records and there will be things that, that unfortunately won't be on, on records. So again, it's down to you have to, you have to, you have to put the hard work into something like that. So um, our, our engineers uh, spent time in the, uh, with Ford. Uh, we went to, to their, their head office and we were looking through the microfiches of what was, was on the site previously. So we've got all these, these plans of where the buildings were to just give us a better idea. Not something you would normally have to do in a development, but it's just, it's just making sure that you gather as much information as possible uh, to try and mitigate anything that you, you're going to find along the way. But there will be things we find along the way. That's, that's just how something like this will, will work. Great. I think that's good. I think. All right. I think we're good. Yeah. This podcast has been brought to you by the developer, produced by Simon Mercer, with music by Fortet. I'm Christine Murray, and you can reach me on Twitter at, at TC Murray.